This is the EVP Podcast. Yes, another episode of the EVP Podcast with your team, Energy Visions and the Paranormal. I'm DVO. I'm Beaker. And I'm Ghosty. And it's the three of us, the three amigos. What's up, y'all? <laughs> All right, well, um, last episode, great episode. We had a lot of interaction with us on our social medias about the episode. I hope you guys listened to it because we had some really great EVPs that we shared with you. And in fact, we have a listener submitted EVP who was... Were they with us during the investigation as well, then? I don't know. This was at a different time. This was a different time that they were there. Same place, though. Okay, yeah, same same place. Um, So, Speaker, you've got um, uh, a listener-submitted EVP. So this is from John, and uh, he was with his friend Travis. And he says, uh, at the start of the event, him and his friend Travis, uh, they quickly separated from the group that they were in and went to investigate the hallway and some of the rooms. Now, they started, uh, I guess his friend Travis just had the voice recorder, so this is his audio that we're going to be playing here. Um, John walked down to room 666 with just his voice recorder and a K2 meter. Uh, He got to the entrance of the room, and he started asking uh, usual questions like, um, What's your favorite ice cream? What's your favorite? (laughs) Steak and potatoes. (laughs) Beef means eggs and potatoes. Um, Anyways, so he... uh, he he started asking a bunch of questions. He got to the point where he said, "Can I come in the room?" And so, so just real quick, so this room is a room where you can stand in the in the threshold of the door and say, "Pull me in" or "Push me out." Right? This is the yes. This is that room which and if any which of you Ghosty have, tried, it yeah, didn't work. it didn't work for him. If you've, if any of you have, <clears throat> have seen the Ghost Adventures episode, this is the the room where Zach supposedly got pushed up against the wall. Um, so he said he waited about ten seconds. He saw what looked like a flashing ball of light about the size of a pea fly over his voice recorder. Um, and then he started telling his friend who was about 30 feet. He started telling his friend, Travis about 30 feet down the hallway, uh, what he had saw. And he wasn't sure if it was a bug or anything like that. Um, and then this is when he gets the EVP, uh, as he's telling Travis, um, what he experienced. So we're going to play that here. Uh, and it's, it's, I, the whole clip is about 30 seconds long. We're just going to play like the last three seconds here. Of the EVP. Of the EVP. So here we go. This didn't go off the ball, though. Yeah, so you hear, it was, it was a Travis that was talking here. You hear him just say a, just a little sentence, and then you hear like this wispy sound. Yep. Play this, play it again. Oh, you want. This didn't go off the ball, though. Two syllables. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a. I would I hear say three. You hear three? You I want? hear something and then two syllables. Because it sounds like Travis ends and then I hear two. But let's play it again. Let's, let's see. One more time. One more and, time. and people that are listening or watching, I want you guys to tell, you, tell us what you think it's saying. Yeah, because we have no clue. Um, <laughs> here we go. One more time. That time I didn't. I went too far, and you hear him say "f that," but that's okay because I swear all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's it's like three words. Nice Maybe two side words. Burns. Nice sideburns. <laughs> so I, I mean, or my side burns. Ah, I'm possible. hyper. I'm, I'm hyper. hyper. I, I know. I hear hyper pretty in there. Now hyper. that we've we've put all these thoughts in your head, tell us what you think. Yes. <laughs> Can't figure it out. Well, this episode, I got this idea from oh, a what? Well, just thanks for John submitting yes. that EVP. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Thank you bud. So much. 
So this episode, I got the idea sparked from another podcast. You guys might be surprised to hear that I listen to other paranormal podcasts, but I do. I listen to Haunted Places. Like you go up to the doors and like listen and see if they yeah. talk to you? I get the glass, like in the movies. <laughs> yeah, the glass it, up to the, the door. glass to the door, and I'm like, is anybody in there? <laughs> they I'm going to start doing that on investigation. Like, it's me, it's Casper. Let's go back to Asylum 49 with just cups. Yeah, just, just investigate from the outside. Go back to room three. Get the tallest the, speakers you have. <laughs> I'm we the got, tallest speaker. We got the tallest have. speaker we have. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, this podcast is named Sasquatch Chronicles. Guess what they talk about, guys? Ghosts. They talk about ghosts. I don't know about that. And Beaker's family. <laughs> My cousins. The ginger side of it. The ginger squatch. And uh, so anyway... I like this podcast. It's a fun podcast. I hear people's stories, but they they do talk about other random stuff besides Sasquatch. And this was an episode where they they didn't interview this individual, but they interviewed. They, sorry, I just said they didn't, and I just said they did. They interviewed him, but they didn't interview they, him. They, the interview, they a, interviewed him. In. They took a speech and they played it on on the podcast of a Mr. Richard Doty and his stories. Because he worked in counterintelligence at Area 51 for five years he during was the 80s. A disinformationist. Yeah. So let's get into it. I want, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you about who he is. And then we're going to tell these two, what I think are fascinating stories. And we're going we're gonna to tell, tell you guys. Yeah. And talk about it a little bit more. So, Peter, please tell us, who is Mr. Doty? Oh, he's a guy. He is a guy. Yep. Problem solved. Figured Problem's it out. a woman. Um, Richard Doty. <laughs> Or Rick Doty, he worked for the U.S. Air Force, and he was actually stationed at Area Fifty One from uh-huh. nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty five. While he was there, he worked in, like you said, research and development. Uh, he worked on advanced aircrafts, crafts, aircrafts, <laughs> aircraft, um, flying technology, space-based lasers, ground-based lasers, energy weapon systems. Um, his security clearance was S two. Um, he was a little bit lower than Bob Lazar, who was S4. Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. Do you know Bob Lazar's story? So I, as I was watching other stuff that was completely unrelated to what we we're talking about, um, I came across this news uh, clip on YouTube. Um, he was another, I believe, a disinformationist as well. Um, he came out and started telling his experiences with um, UFOs and aliens and stuff. And they actually, they hooked him up to... Uh, lie detector test mm-hmm. and the results came back basically inconclusive or that he was telling the truth about the, his experience. Yeah, Bob Lazar has two great interviews. One is on the Joe Rogan experience podcast. The other one is a uh, Amazon, Amazon video. No, it's on Netflix? Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's incredible. That might be another topic because his story is incredible. Yeah, but he was the doing the uh, engineering reverse engineering. So he was wondering how spaceships go up. Mm-hmm. So some of the other programs, or some of the programs that uh, Rick, Rick Doty uh, worked on, he was part of Project Cannon Sky, which was photographing space objects. He was also part of Project Radiant Bravo, uh, which is S-17 and stealth tracking, part of Project Might, which dealt with high-speed lasers and high-energy and chemical uh, lasers. lasers. All, so freaking lasers. Freaking lasers. <laughs> he just wanted freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to his forehead. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Um, uh, Project Auburn Blue. He examined captured space objects. And Project Medium Star, or Med Star, sorry. Medium Star. <laughs> Look, MED is the abbreviation for medium. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. Is. So clearly it's Medium Star, not Med Star. <laughs> Good God. Um, they examined captured, captured right, extraterrestrials. ETs. I don't want to make a call to your third grade teacher. <laughs> Extra <laughs> large terrestrials. <laughs> look, look. And medium stars. <laughs> medium. <laughs> it's, it's, look, that's how you pretty medium. Who's your, who's your second grade teacher? Let me look, talk to them. I've, I've mentioned this in another podcast. If you want shit read poorly, <laughs> just give it to me. And then that's what's going to happen. All right. Anyway, good old Ricky here. <laughs> He shares some pretty interesting stories in the speech. And so, yeah, he's basically just coming out, like, saying, hey, shit's real over in Area 51. And, in fact, just those last two projects he was a part of that you mentioned, Project Auburn Blue and Project MedStar. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you, if, I don't know if you guys caught this listening to it, but Baker said it's the examination of captured space objects and captured extraterrestrials. As in, yeah. So we have them. that fall from the sky. We've got them. So they they collected a lot of other stuff rather other than uh, ET stuff. They collected like Russian and satellite, Chinese, and do you work on Project Blue Book at all? No, he no, didn't. Not he him. didn't. Okay, no, he did not. So I'm gonna tell the first story. This story is about a family in 1982. It was a family of four traveling uh, early in the morning from Ely, Nevada, to Death Valley for a vacation. It was Sounds Dave. like a great place to go. <laughs> I actually looked up Death Valley. I know a lot of people go there, but I've never, I've never been. So I was like, "What's what's in Death Valley?" I looked it up. It's purely just a really super hot desert in Nevada. It's the hottest place on Earth. So it's in California. It's a big. Is it in California? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. What's well, a big pass for me? I'll tell you that. It's mm-hmm. it's just past. It, so if you're going through Vegas and you go down through Prim into California, um, it's one of the first cities. I think it's before Barstow. I know where Ely is, and that doesn't look fun. They're known for their trains. But I, as far Ghost as I know, towns. Death yeah. Valley is like the hottest place in the world. So so the, the family consists of David, who's the father, Connie, the mother, Katie, I think that's what he said. I think he said Katie. She's a, a nine-year-old girl, and Keely, a five-year-old boy. So as they're driving, again, this was like early in the morning. I'm going to guess maybe, I don't know, five, six in the morning maybe. Um, they notice an object traveling towards them. And then David, the father, he was already stating, this, this has got to be a spaceship. Connie, the mother, says, well, this is traveling above the ground. So it's not like on the road with us. This is above the ground. Well, a tire blew out. Connie put her hand on the roof of the car and said it felt spongy. David said a gray mist was already coming into the vehicle. That kind of sounds weird. A gray mist was entering the vehicle. The family's voice started changing pitch, and they started talking slower. Uh, there was a humming sound from outside that was started getting louder. And David said he started, he kind of blacked out for a few seconds while they were still moving, while the car was still moving. Everyone started getting hysterical, so David pulled over the car. Once they pulled over, they ran into some shrubs. Well, just they said the that the car seemed to levitate. They, yeah. They, and they, then, so he just completely shut it off. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Because it seemed they like they, they were still moving. Like it, that, it was, that it did. I think yeah, if the tire was, blew out, he'd already be pulled over. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the funny enough is that is the very first point that the tire blew out, and then all these other things started happening. It was important. 
So they ran to some nearby shrubs and they saw a saucer shaped object land near their car and three creatures exited the saucer. Uh, the three creatures floated to them while, while they're in the bush. So it didn't like walk to them. They floated to them. One of the creatures pointed to the, the oldest daughter, Ke- uh, oh, sorry, to the boy Keely, and, um, and then he floated to the saucer. Then another one, one, another creature pointed to Katie. She then floated to the saucer. David and Connie were just paralyzed. They couldn't move. They could, they could see what was happening. They could hear what was happening, but they could not move. Uh, then the creatures floated back to the saucer and flew off. David and Connie can now move, and they ran to their car, and they just started driving to, to try to seek help. So they drove about 20 miles to a flight test range, and they spoke with some. They spoke with the deputy and some of the agents. The deputy, this was like the the local deputy. They, he didn't believe him, and he just. I mean, he. he I guess the story. Well, I guess the statement is not a very nice statement, but a true statement where he said, "If what you're telling us is true, there's nothing we can do. If they floated off in a spaceship, there's nothing we can do." Which, which is true. <laughs> there's nothing they could do if that was if that was a fact. Um, <laughs> So David and Connie <coughs> then drove to a hotel. The next morning, security guards in a remote area found found the two kids on a dirt road. The kids were about 70 miles away from the base. This is where they drove off to once they became unparalyzed. Uh, the, they, they, they did identify the kids as Katie and Keeley. They were slightly dehydrated, but overall in really good condition. Um, Richard Doty, the, the storyteller here, him and his partner David then drove up to Tanapah. Uh, from Area 51, where they worked, to interview the kids. Uh, this was about an hour and a, or two, about a two and a half hour drive uh, from Area 51 to Tonopah. 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 The kids said that two creatures put them in chairs and strapped them in. Uh, the kids said that the creatures they spoke, but it sounded like a ro- it was sounded very robotic and it was in bad English. Uh, the creatures didn't harm them, but did examine them thoroughly, especially the oldest, Katie. Uh, the creatures did give them some pills that once they put in their mouth, it melted right away, and it did cause them to feel a little dizzy. Uh, one tall creature put a ribbon on their head, which made them feel calm right away. Uh, the creatures also said they've known the kids for quite a long time. And at some point, the oldest, Katie, said that they were pointing like a, a map out, kind of saying this is where you are and this is where we're from. And she had tried re like duplicating that map and they just to, to the authorities when they were questioning her and she just she you know it just didn't make a lot of sense to well, them this is a nine-year-old girl she just drew yeah. two dots on the yeah, <laughs> papers and this and this yeah exactly um the kids then fell asleep and when they woke up they were they were on the dirt road so richard contacted uh, tonopah the the flight center um and when he did contact the flight center they did validate that 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 there was an unknown aircraft in the area at the same time of this incident, and then it, it was on the radar. So they they did see on the radar an unknown object to them. Uh, Richard also called to Area Fifty One, and they confirmed a cardinal was in the area that flew by really fast. Cardinal is a call sign for a known ET aircraft. Uh, cardinals were so advanced that. And Richard's kind of telling about Cardinals at this point, that Cardinals were so advanced that they could outfly any of our ships. And at one point, President Reagan issued a statement for military to down any Cardinals. Yeah, they had like a blanket open 
operation, anytime they saw one, they were given full authority to shoot it down. Exactly. Um, one thing that I didn't, I found interesting in the story that kind of stood out to me uh-huh. is when the kids were um, on the ship, on the craft, they kept asking for their mommy and daddy. Oh, yeah, and yeah. The, the extraterrestrials were confused. They had no idea what they were talking about. Right. And they're like, you know, our mommy and daddy, they're the ones that take care of us. They're the ones that was with us when you took us. And they're like, oh, you mean your controllers? Your controllers, yeah. That's what they called them. They also did, like, when they were doing the talk screening and stuff like that, when they were examining the children, not the aliens, uh, the the Air Force. Uh-huh. When they were examining the children, they found something in their system that they couldn't identify. In their, in their blood test, in, yeah. in their blood test, there was a substance that they could not identify. And they believed this was the tablet, the pill, the pill yeah. that they, they gave the, the children. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's in their in their blood. I mean, as I was listening to this, my first thought was because they had all their kids' stuff packed up in their car, obviously, because they're all yeah. going on vacation. When they're trying to tell the deputy, tell the deputy about it, um, they're like, "No, no, look, look, we had kids with us. Here's their stuff." And my first train of thought is, is like, this is such a convenient way to like, you know, murder your children. And yeah, stash that's exactly. Them. Like, what I, think. I, no, no, I wonder if this is what aliens, the deputy was thinking. Aliens took it, and that's kind of where I was thinking. Like before, I realized that this this guy was. <clears throat> Very informational. Yeah. Very hard to listen to. Um, for what, what got me was there was a lot of like, remember that it's going to be important later. And then he never spoke of it again. Um, <laughs> which is why I made that comment earlier about the, uh, when he, when I said the tire was flat and I'm like, that's important. Yeah. He did that a lot. He's like, remember the tire was flat. That's important. And then yeah. he never touched on that again. <laughs> right. um, I'll come back to that. I'll come he back never to came that. Back to He's it. like, we'll talk about that later. And there, he did that a lot. Yes. Um, but he was very informational. But yeah, that's uh, my before I kind of realized that they were gonna. Uh, I mean, obviously, I knew that the aliens had taken the children mm-hmm. before I realized that they had actually found them. That's my train of thought. Is like that's such a convenient story to like, you know, if your kids get kidnapped or you do something to your kids. Not saying that. I mean, I don't know the people obviously, yeah. but I'm like, that's just such a convenient story. Right. But then they found the kids, so everything was but good. But the crazy thing was that they, they were, like, being hysterical about it, you know. So if somebody really killed their kids, they're not going to try to have somebody help them find their kids and be hysterical. Well, that's true. I yeah, don't know. when they arrived to the base. Well, but you weren't there. You weren't there. <laughs> no, there was that Netflix documentary where the guy, like, took his wife and kids and and uh, killed them and put them in the oil things. The, oh, the yeah, American, that guy's the, insane. Like, yeah. that dude was acting like... He was all in shock and stuff. He's actually, I think he's the one that called 911. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, I don't different story. doesn't matter. But, you know, it's just, that was where I went with him. Yeah. Like, oh, that's convenient. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. My, Imagine being this cop, right? And they have. In, in a small town. This is a very small town. Right. And so, and at this time, they also talked about Area 51. So, so the, the place they went to, the place that, um that they went to seek help from was yeah. a gate to Area 51. And at the time, it was being manned by a private, uh, it wasn't military personnel manning the gates. It was a the, private the, the Oh, it was the next one. Okay, sorry. Oh, duh. Jeez. Either Jesus way, like at the point. It. But like, either way. This, the, it wasn't called the, Area 51 the, back then. It was just like the Tunapai Air a, Force Base or something a, Yeah, like that. some kind of Air Force Base. But the, uh, the deputy that showed up there, like, Thinking in his head, going, yeah, right, you probably murdered your kids, or you probably didn't even have kids. That's probably what he's thinking the whole yeah, time. so like, she's, you. like, proving, okay, yes, I did have kids. And he's probably like, yeah, we'll never see these kids. Like, if what you're saying is true, that the, uh, they did get flown away in a spaceship, yeah, what can we do about it? Exactly. And in my thought, you probably either, one, never had kids, or two, you killed your kids, so we'll never find Let's these kids. Let's mount the desert. So I'm not the only one who went there. I got it. 
That's, that's, well, when yeah. I was hearing the story, it's the first thing I yeah, think of. What's going through this uh, officer's head? Yeah. I and mean, then, it's like, it, it, when he did say, though, like, you know, if aliens did take your kids, what do you want us to do? Like, I mean, that's not very, uh, like, a good way of going about it. It's not very tactful. Um, but at the same time, like, I agree with him. It's like, okay, well, your kids were kidnapped by aliens. Like, seriously. But then, <laughs> like, but then when the kids show up and then, like, all the... People find the kids. And, and people he, from Area 51 drive up. Yeah. To and go then investigate. They, yeah. They investigate and talk to these people. There's already a lookout for missing kids or kids that were abducted or whatever. And it all, like, adds up. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. craziness. And the kids are telling their story. Yeah, we, we were on the spaceship. They strapped us down. And they were just asking us questions, telling us that they've known us for a long time. And then I see, then we see the desert. The next thing you know, we wake up and we're on the road. We're, we're she done. mentioned a flagpole too, and then they they did find like where I guess where the kids were found. It was one. Oh, of the, there like was a, a marker. With there a was a survey marker, flag. a yeah. survey marker, and it was near where they had their car was parked. You know, I didn't hear much about the car afterwards. Like, did it have a tire blown? Did, did they just because they, they drove? They drove to this. They probably had to do the spare. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. It was important. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it later. So, I'm going to tell this other, uh, this other. So, this this other story is um, is more about spaceships and, and and cardinals that we just talked about, and then we can talk about more about this story again. But so, Richard was saying that um, Area 51 developed advanced fighter jets. For example, the F-117. In October of 1985, around 9.30 p.m., the F-117 and an A-7 went out for a training mission. An A-7 aircraft was made to, like, take photographs and just kind of just check on the F-117 while it was up in the air. Uh, 15, ma- 15 minutes later into this uh, flight mission, A-7 radioed down uh, that there was another craft flying above them. The base confirmed that there was a UFO on radar. Now, remember, when I say UFO, we're talking about it's an unidentified flying object. Okay, it's a, you, They don't know. It's a UFO. They don't know what it is. The F-117 said the UFO duplicated every pattern that it made, and it couldn't shake it. Uh, also, the A-17 did try to like interrupt. Like The A-7 would try to fly in between them to kind of break it up a little bit, but the UFO just stayed like near proximity and followed every pattern that the F-117 uh, made. Um, any communication with the UFO was unsuccessful. So both aircrafts and the base tried to communicate with the F- UFO. It never responded. Uh, the pilot um, of the F-117 mentioned that the UFO would fly straight and then also quickly turn at 90 degrees. Uh, Richard Doty has mentioned that we have no aircraft that can make sharp 90-degree turns. Um, they did uh, depatch dispatched two F-16s out there to investigate it. Um, And they actually fired Sidewinder missiles at the UFO, and one of them did hit the UFO. Uh, It did crash land. When security arrived, they noticed that it was was saucer-shaped. And there were then all of a sudden another identical UFO arrived and landed near the downed UFO. Uh, By the time the Air Force arrived, there was only one UFO remaining. So they did see it land but they didn't see the other one take off. Um, they didn't notice damage uh, to the ground UFOs, I think they said on, on the uh, undercarriage. They left the downed UFO there for 10 days in case of radiation, so they just left it alone for about 10 days. Then when they went to go out there, they blew open the hatch to enter the craft. They named it Cardinal 3. So if you do your math, that means <laughs> they've had two other Cardinals. <laughs> 
They named this one Cardinal Three. It was 31 feet in diameter, and it was made from an unknown lightweight metal material that could absorb sound waves. Uh, the interior contained three seating positions with hand control panels. So just just like a hand control panel. No buttons, no knobs, no wires, no controls, nothing else inside the aircraft, just hand control panels. Um, the flight control system and propulsion system were unknown to them. And then that's when they declared the Cardinal Three was extraterrestrial. So that kind of tells you about the, the, the crest. I, I can't even think of what 31 feet in diameter is like. It doesn't seem that big, does it? 31 feet in diameter? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Is it huge? Okay. So maybe the kids were something in a ship similar to this. Because this story that I just said about <coughs> this um, air mission was in 1985. Uh, the family's incident happened in 1982, so three years uh, prior to this, this story. But this kind of tells you a little bit about um, what Richard is saying. is like, okay, there's, there are, we know of extraterrestrial spacecrafts. And in, in, in the story example, they took two kids for a little adventure and brought them back to do some checkups on these kids. What do you guys think of this story, this first story? I'm fascinated. Oh, yes. Not, I, not quite as scared? I was scared for the children. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you have that feeling towards them. Well, I think this one doesn't seem like they, they gave these kids like a full examination. Uh-huh. But it seems like they weren't, you know, it wasn't as traumatizing as uh, Fire in the Sky. Uh, okay. It yes. reminds me kind of more of like Betty and Barney Hill, where they just kind of. We're talking exactly. Betty, like it, just communicating with her. And like, showing hey. her the map. Yeah, like, hey, this is where we're from. You want to come check it out sometime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys ever get some cool wheels that can no, make it up you, here. Yeah. If you're ever in the area. Stop <laughs> yeah. by, you know. Once your simple minded civilization gets to. If you're ever in the mood for some more probing, feel free to... <laughs> or more finger banging. <laughs> if you ever come down this highway again. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought this story was... It was incredible. I thought it was a, an incredible story that... And these two kids were very... Like, they were scared, right? Because they are like, where's my, where's our mommy and daddy? But then they were like, okay, yeah, they, were, they seem nice enough. I mean... So most of the They didn't speak well English, but, you know, they yeah. were nice enough. So well, and I think Betty said something similar where they... The extraterrestrial she was talking to they they didn't speak i think there was like one that's that spoke well and then the rest were just kind of didn't know really how to communicate if i remember yeah, correctly. like this one she, they were saying that they were had a robotic sound but i want to know more English. about the car did this car ever get more thoroughly investigated because they said that, you know the car might have radiation and this that and the other but you never got back to that well it felt spongy <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, did it stay spongy? So I'm thinking, you know, they're hearing this 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 humming sound. I'm wondering if it's you know emitting something that that's kind of maybe vibrating everything, including the car. So when she puts her hand on top, it's probably still metal, but the the vibration makes it made it feel magnets. Yeah, something something else. But then by the time it was done, it was, it was, the car was just back. There's another thought: the metal absorbed sound waves. And the aircraft. Yes. What if that's what they use for propulsion? That's exactly. I think. That, I think that's why he mentioned it. Yeah. Magnets. Yeah. So that's it's yeah something like that. I, magnets I, and sound. Yeah. Sound magnets. Sound magnets. <laughs> Everyone knows that there's magnets and speakers. Why? For propulsion. Uh, yeah. There you go. Problem and <laughs> see, so you're asking about what, what's up with the car. I'm more interested. What happened to this downed aircraft? No, I know they've got reverse it. engineering. 
Yeah, exactly. So reverse That's what Bob Lazar was doing. Yeah, so they're taking these spacecrafts in and saying, figure it out, dude. Yeah, figure it out. Genius. We're going to pay you big bucks. Figure Fun. it yeah. High-paid nerds. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you guys listening and watching don't know the Bob Lazar, Lazar story, you guys need to check out what I mentioned earlier. Maybe we should do an episode even, on it. We might have to, because he even talks about some of the spacecrafts that he was reverse engineering came from fossil dig sites. Yes. So these were downed aircrafts from millions of years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's, it's pretty interesting. When cavemen were throwing spears at them and downing them the old-fashioned way. Yeah. yeah. Now these Sidewinder missiles. Yeah. <laughs> Losers. This is the dinosaur. The T-Rex got them with their, their big bite. And tiny <laughs> well, so you got another story from, from Richard here. Let's, let's, let's tell this story. Okay. And we'll keep talking about it here. <laughs> yeah, let's make fun of so, I mean, So this is, another, this is also... Uh, North of Las Vegas. Um, well, th- this family was, was from north of Las Vegas. And th- they decided to go on a little trip to a ghost town. Um, and they decided, they, they kind of went through a few, some local ones. And they decided on this one called Sh- Silver Bowl. And so the father, his name's George. Virginia, the mother. Uh, then they had some kids. Denise, who was seven. Billy, who was 13. So they decided to go to this old mining town called Silver Bowl. And they kind of, going on a tour of the place, they see the old signs for Area 51 that say, you know, lethal force can be used. Yeah. No trespassing. No trespassing. It, and it says Ellis Air Force Base testing range. Um, so they kind of knew their perimeter where to stay out of and all that. So they did the whole camping thing with the f- campfire and all that. And they decided to go to bed around like 10. And then George heard he was awakened by a sound of a uh, motor running and thought oh we got uh more campers coming by and then went back to sleep woke up again to some talking and he gets out of the tent and sees some military personnel standing outside of the tent and they tell him hey you guys need to pack up and get the hell out of here now and he's just like well what the, what happened you know why do we got to go and he said, well, there's been an escaped convict, and he's loose in this area. Which so, is true. Yeah, yeah, there's an <laughs> escape, escaped convict for, for sure. So they tell him, hey, you got you to pack up and get out of here, like, ASAP. So uh, while they were getting their stuff together, the, uh, the radio, radio comes on. The military personnel, the, little the walkie-talkies go off, and they can hear some screaming, and they tell them to get to the... Gate, let's see, which gate? Gate 4. They said they needed to respond to Gate 4 ASAP. Um, and the family got in their car, and they could hear, like, a screaming sound. Um, I think that they were hearing, like, screaming sounds or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so as yeah, they the, were... The military took off, and then they were still pe- finishing packing up their stuff. And while they were getting in the car, they heard some screaming oh, nearby. Oh, the screaming was coming from nearby after the military left. After they left. Okay, and they were about to get in the car. And as they were getting in the car, George got grabbed from behind and pulled back. And he just screams to his wife, get in and drive. Uh, and so she's, he's getting, like, ripped back. And she just does the first thing, you know, instinct. She hops over, slides over to the driver's seat, closes the door, and she starts driving. And the son, who's in the back, <clears throat> Billy, he's screaming hysterically because he's saying now, as he's looking behind them, there's a monster chasing them. Mm-hmm. So she's just hauling ass and she's just driving. 
Um, so, uh, let's see, where am I at here? <laughs> so, yeah, so she drove and called uh, law enforcement, and she was told that her, uh, let's see, when she called law enforcement, they had her kind of do some running around. They had her go to, she went to one gate for help. Mm-hmm. And from there, they kind of was collecting the information from her and then told her to go wait somewhere else. Uh, That's what you said that she went to a gate, but it was, it was uh, Area 51. It, well, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't their security. It was a private security. Private security. And they told her to wait somewhere. And then they know what to point, do. Like, this is, we, we're, we're hired guns. We don't really know what you're what to do here right so and everything is really far because they're in the desert they're in the middle of the desert so from where the per- where uh they had to respond to where they were camping at was going to take them an hour so they're in back and all everything else they finally told her to come to the to the gate of area 51 after the after all that so when she arrives there that's when they tell her the bad news that her husband had been killed and but she already kind of assumed yeah she already knew she already knew the worst because i mean seeing what they saw i don't think she saw the monster chasing them no um but they said they she wanted to see his body and they wouldn't when she went to the mortician she was like i want to see the body they wouldn't allow her because his body was ripped to pieces no it was the mortician said it's his body is in pieces oh it's in pieces yeah because he was held they the Military wanted to hold on to the body for um, investigating. Yeah, and she they wanted want to, she wanted an autopsy done, and they told her no, it's already been done. And they told her that the hospital on the Air Force Base did an autopsy, but um, Richard Doty had said they didn't have a hospital on that right. base. He knows that there is yeah. no hospital, but yeah, the normal common folk they wouldn't know this. <laughs> um, she ended up. Getting a settlement from the government after that's all this. That's my stomach. See, that's what my stomach sounds like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're good. People didn't hear but, that. But um, this, uh, the, George's body was discovered six miles inside the base's perimeter uh-huh. when they found his body. So whatever this thing was that grabbed him, dragged him or whatever, took him in, back into the base. And do you think he ripped him up from there? Or you already had ripped him up. Probably dragged him in one piece, and then. Well, if they were recovered all the his whole body from the same area. He probably drug him there and then tore him apart. And how fast do you think this thing was moving? Four hundred miles an hour. <laughs> he would have to be. He'd have, have no, to be. <laughs> I have no idea. This thing had to have been huge, though, too. Well, Richard and his partner David—they're the ones that had to go and tell Virginia what happened and said hey yeah your husband was was murdered by that escaped convict at the time richard didn't know what happened that's what he was told to tell her like 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 we were saying he's a he's a dis he's disinformationist yeah so if if you don't know that it is basically what his job was the the government would give him a story families yep pretty much uh tell them they didn't see what they saw the government would give him a story this is what you go tell the people this is what you tell the family what happened so he was his job was to like convince people that they didn't actually see what they saw. But did he, some of the times he didn't even know what it was. Like in this example, he didn't like know in this the example, story. No, it's just yeah. this. His superior said, "Go tell them this." Escape convict killed him, and that was it. 
and then that they had to hold on to the body for military uh, investigating. Sounds fishy there. But. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I want to see the body. They're like, well, you can't. The mortician's like, you can't. It's kind of in pieces. But I got this letter from the military that says they already did the autopsy. And, and, uh, um, and he's good. <laughs> um, the mortician also said that in, in the letter, uh, it said that George's body was discovered six miles in, in the base. So, um, yeah, basically, Richard Doty did get the story that the escaped convict was, was an escaped convict. It was an escaped alien. But it was an escaped extraterrestrial. It could have been yeah. a convict. Well, if he was captured, he was a convict. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he escaped. So. He was hey. committing crimes, clearly. Yes. Murdering people. Yeah. Murder? Murdered who? <laughs> George. George. <laughs> um, first of all, George is a hero, in my opinion. I mean, well, yeah. That's you, a manly shit right there. Yeah. You He's like, hey, off. take off. I'm going to take care of this. Like, get out of here. Get the kids out of here. So, big ups to, to George there. Well, go, go ahead and keep telling the, the, the story there. Well, um... Let's see. So, yeah, it was settled. Um, she did file a claim against the government. So, the youngest, the, the son, Billy, he grew up and uh, still had a lot of questions about what happened to his dad and all that. He ended up joining the Air Force and uh, ended up being a security guard there. And he asked his master sergeant about the story. And he told Billy. I, was, I think was, I kind of feel like it was like one of those things like, hey, you ever heard of this? You ever heard about a story about some family out here and a guy got. I kind of feel like that's what he did to his master sergeant. You ever heard of the, any r- weird stories out here? <laughs> um, but, yeah, he told him about the story about his dad. And he's like, yeah, well, that was my father. He's so like, no basically, way. So imagine, so <laughs> Billy was 13 at this time. Mm-hmm. And now he's, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 probably by the time he, he's working as security guard in the Air Force there. So he, at minimum 18. So, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old probably at this point. And he's... He's had questions for, you know, five, six, seven years. Like, what really happened that night? Because I saw something chasing the car. And he just probably asked his master sergeant, hey, you ever hear of uh, this crazy story? And his master sergeant, master sergeant says, oh, yeah, let me tell you about it. And he, master sergeant tells him the whole story. And he's like, yeah, well, that well, was Well, see, this is crazy, too. Family. A lot of people knew about this story. And everything's supposed to be hush-hush. Yeah. And some some personnel on base know about this already. Yeah. Well, I, I would assume that there would be a fair amount of uh, people in the Air Force that knew about it. Because the Air Force is the one that did Project Blue Book, which was their UFO uh, research project group thing. I wonder why they don't just start releasing all this now that a lot of whistleblowers are coming out. And I, th- I think in our lifetime it might happen. A lot of it will come out. But, like, all the – so well, they have – they have captured ETs uh, that they interrogate and take apart and learn about. Like, why don't they just release this to us? Well, so here's the thing. Um, so they did. The government did come out. What was it? Last year or two years ago? Yeah, yeah, a couple years ago. ago. You know, this shit's real. So how do we know? Like, here's my train of thought. Because you got all these quote unquote whistleblowers that are exposing the government secrets. How do we know the government didn't tell them to do it? And this is how they're slowly revealing to the people. That this shit is real. Are you saying that they purposely are wanting to leak it slowly? Is that yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Because because the truth of it, they're not ripping the bandaid off. They're just right. they're just, it's just it's too giving much you to little bits of information at a time. 
to where like they can we're desensitized to it right and then we're like when they finally right. say and it everybody already and believes like, yeah we know that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's my that's my theory that's because a, here's a the thing theory. Is, all this stuff is like he a lot of the stuff that he was talking about in this presentation that there was a lot of classified stuff that he couldn't even talk about still to this yes. day so yes my thing is like if this stuff is so hush hush and classified and the government is like trying to stop people from revealing this, uh-huh. then why is this... Why is he talking about some and not others? Why is he talking about this? Why is why is the other dude, the... Um, Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. Why are they able to t- say stuff without any retaliation from the government? Well, they tried to hide Bob Lazar's involvement. They tried to be like, oh, he never worked here. They tried to hide here. his existence. Yeah, they tried to be... They were like, he never worked here. He, we don't know who you're talking he about. He never went to this college He's never he been went here. to... Yeah, and he's like, uh, I have all the stuff that says I did. Well, oh, shit! We forgot we gave you things. <laughs> well, and, then, and uh, Doty here was doing the same thing in his presentation, and I saw it on... So I was, I was yeah, trying had, to research this guy. He had right. his security clearance badges still from Area yes. 51. and maps. He had maps still. He had pictures still. From these from these stories, he so has, it's not just he has like pictures he's, from these stories. He's not just making this stuff up. Right, like he's got stuff to back this up. Yeah. Um, when I was looking into this guy, trying to find out more information about him, I did. Um, I came across a bunch a of, lot other of porn, fascinating <laughs> stories. Yeah, alien porn, alien <laughs> porn. Um, I mean, this guy, this guy's been doing this stuff for, you know, 40, 50 years. Because he, he he left at, in nineteen eighty five. He left Area fifty one. But who's to say he didn't continue doing like research? Yeah, I'm just saying, just but Area he 51. Left the Area 51. In 85. Um, he seems he seems credible in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he actually in a, an episode of UFO Witness that I was watching yesterday because I was trying to find other stuff that he was in, and he was only in this for a little bit. But he, um, if I remember correctly, it was him. He more or less confirmed the existence of the Men in Black that they're an actual like. Doty did? Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. If, if I remember correctly, if, I don't know if it was him or if it was somebody else, but they I believe it was Doty. But in that episode. Confirmed the existence of... It's, it, yeah, it's in that episode. So it's UFO Witness Season 1, Episode 5, called The Mothership Returns. Um, really good episode, by the way. And I'm not huge into UFO stuff, so if I'm saying it's a, worth watching, it's, <laughs> it's most likely worth watching. I'm um, watching it tonight. Screw so, Stranger Things. So... Um, <laughs> It's you got four hours to kill because that's how long the two episodes episode are. is. Uh, hour oh. and a half, episode eight, two and a half hours, episode nine. Oh, very strange. Of Stranger Things. Oh, Sorry. No. So this is only in, the UFO <laughs> witnesses. This episode is only an hour. They do talk about the Phoenix Lights and some other stuff. So that's kind of which is an awesome story as yeah. well. So, um, but he more or less, I believe it was him, confirmed the existence of the Men in Black, that they are not like an official government organization, but they are. A government organization, more or less. He did talk about some other organizations um, that did uh, had other special jobs within Area Fifty One, like uh, I can't remember what F darts. So like, yeah, flaming darts. Flaming darts. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kept thinking about when he was saying that. Uh, yes, it was S yes. dart. S dart. S dart. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but so as of nineteen eighty-five. Um, when, did you have something else? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, you said the men in black were not, like, military or associated. They're not U.S. government. They're, they're not, not government. Not U.S. government. So no. a lot of people that talk about the men in black say they're, you know, kind of off. So, mm, Oh, I just heard another podcast. You was listen it? to more? I listen to other podcasts as well, more <laughs> of a podcast. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a story where it was a, I guess you should listen to this one too, it was a good one. It was a school teacher 
and he was visited by somebody coming in to ask questions because he had seen some things in the sky. And uh, he worked out of school. Somebody said that somebody came looking for him. He's like, who was it? I don't know. It was the two, guy, two guys, they seemed really weird because they were, they looked exactly the same. They looked like they're twins and they had no facial hair, like no eyebrows, no eyelashes, like no facial hair. They had the hats on, but the hair underneath the hat looked like a wig, looked fake. Like the like the hair was sewn into the hat and then it was just put on top of their heads. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that was that was interesting. Th- that was last week's episode of this podcast I listened to. All right, the Men in Black, they're real. Oh yeah. So nineteen eighty five, the government or the military at the time uh, they had five known races of extraterrestrials. So again, this is Richard saying my last year there. We are we we know of five extraterrestrial races, but he said, "How many is there today?" He he doesn't know. He doesn't oh, okay. know. Yeah, because people will debate him. Say, "Oh, it, there's twenty. There's forty different there's, races." There's he's hundreds like, of races, and yeah. he's like, "As of 1985, the government officially recognized these five. And so the first one being uh, the Eben. Uh, this crashed in Roswell and was held in captivity until it died in 1952. The second one is the one that I have been saying that I believe in. Mm-hmm. So I was actually really excited when I heard you him mention right. this one. This one is, <laughs> uh, I believe they're called the Archeloids. Uh-huh. Uh, this would be the the, the Nordics. This, the, they usually look Swiss or Norwegian, but these are the, the Nordic aliens, mm-hmm. the ones that I've been saying exist. So um, I got one right. Yes. Um, then we got the Quantaloids. These are the shapeshifters. I've never heard of these. I mean, either. Uh, I want to know more about these and what the government knows about shapeshifters. Those are the skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. Mm, yeah. Interesting. S- super spooky. Um, next, we have the heptaloids. They're humanoids and they're part machine. So they're the androids. Yeah. They're like data from Star Trek. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. I'm kind of interested in this. Why though? this would be a thing? why there would be like a part machine part human when these i don't know you heard about them of, they ran out of body parts <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know there was a come down they're doing the they're just doing the maybe they're like terminator kind of like the same concept where they they're like living skin over an uh, it was the 80s it was a crazy time it was a crazy time <laughs> No, but like, so this makes sense, right? So you build a robot and then, but but you put like living flesh on it that doesn't like decay and stuff like that. So it can just like, you don't have to worry about it growing old or. Hmm, that's a good theory. You know, you know what I'm saying? You see what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. I see, yeah. Like, like they that. could just drop it off somewhere and it's like self-sufficient and it just does its thing. They don't have to worry about checking up on it. And it just records. Yeah. Yeah. Just passes information on Maybe. It's speculation. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. Yeah. And then the last one, we've got the transloids. Well, those other ones, the, those machine ones, they're like, they're reporting back, like, guess what? They're eating Tide Pods now. <laughs> <laughs> guess what they're doing now? <laughs> you thought planking was weird. <laughs> planking and owling. That one was funny. Um, uh, now they're eating Tide Pods. <laughs> so they just report back. <laughs> Sorry, go to the last <laughs> one. Um, now they're dancing in the streets with circle lights. It's weird. Um, transloids, they're the ones that killed George. Yeah, so, pr- like so I wonder. Ones. So I wonder, because you hear people talk about the lizard men, right? Yes. I wonder if that's the transloids. 
Because, I mean, that would look like a monster, right? If you had a giant lizard yeah, thing running. I wish he, but there was, like, pictures of what these things, or he described or them. Or at more, least more, yeah, more I wish we described it in more detail. I would have thought, because when he said, you know, the trans, was it transloids? Transloids. I would have thought if he said transloids, those are the ones that, just, like, that killed George, that um, I think he would maybe mention they're reptilian. I would have guessed, but, you know, who knows? I like how he says, I don't know why they were given the Lloyds uh, at the end yeah. of these names. He's like, I didn't give them these names. They were given already, you know, given already. But Fun it was fact. <laughs> DVO's middle name is Lloyd. Another fun fact. He's also a mongoloid. <laughs> I'm also an alien. <laughs> I knew it. That's why he was wanting to talk his about middle name is Mon- His full middle name is Mongoloid. <laughs> hey, that's offensive to Mongoloids out there. <laughs> Actually, if you're comparing them to me, it's a compliment. You're welcome. <laughs> what just happened? Uh, you wouldn't understand, Squatch. Clearly. <laughs> We're not an advanced alien tech uh, <laughs> race. Now, when I think of these transloids, <laughs> the ones that attack George, in my well, as he tells a story, I think of something like I think of like a movie, right? He's he's opening the door, everybody opens something, attacks him from behind. He gets slammed against the door, gets dragged back. He's like, "Go, take off, drive off with the kids," and then he, you know he, he probably didn't last long. But yeah, I get the whole movie thing too. Uh-huh. But the what I picture uh, attacking him is like. From signs, those aliens from signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The With movie, the, the lanky ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I. And they have like claws. Yeah, imagine him, one of those grabbing them. But yeah, probably, probably shred him. Like, so the so so a chase after the car, couldn't keep up or didn't want to keep up. Went back to him, took care of business with George, and then dragged him back to the base where he was. But basically, so it sounds like it it dragged him back and like, all right, well, this is what I can do. So. It's like, make sure you feed me more than often. Oh, uh, and then when I was telling the story about this, when the army or military personnel, they didn't hear screaming on the radio, no. then, right? They okay. Just, they were just told. They to were just told forward. to go to gate four ASAP. Yeah. And then the screaming was coming from behind them after they left. Yeah. Uh, when George and the family were it was probably up. the military people screaming. Well, I just, most I just, I just wondered. Right now, as if this escaped, did it kill anyone else while it escaped? And then while it was out, while they were kind of you know trying to hunt it, hunt it back down. I think it kill if anyone it killed else, anyone so. else, it killed military personnel. Yeah, oh, they can cover oh, that, that up. Well, I know that can get covered up quick. But when it's that's, only, that's the only thing. I thought. Yeah, that's when it's the public, when the public gets in the way, now they have to make do shit some, up. Yeah, now they have to do some. Yeah, I mean uh, I, I, damage I, control. I only thought of it would only have killed. Military personnel that was in the base while it was while it was escaping, but I just I'm just curious now how many others did it kill? If it I want to know how the hell it escaped, how the hell they captured it in the first place with the spear gun, <laughs> spear gun or spear gun, spear. or just spear, spear. You know how they have those spear guns out in the middle of the desert? Yeah, right. Um, you know, I was I was thinking for more, desert eels. Yes, the desert eels <laughs> that have no reproductive organs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They can only bone in the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Wendigo. I was thinking of something along the lines of that. Oh, that okay. Okay, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. wouldn't be technically an extra, extra blah, 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 an ET. <laughs> um, I was thinking of more like a cryptid. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of what I imagined was attacking them. But I don't know for sure. Now, it makes you wonder, are cryptid, some cryptids could be ETs. Possibly. Yeah. 
that just crash landed and escaped here. from Area 51. And they're like, shit, how do I go now? Let's <laughs> just hang out in Duchesne, I guess. Yep. <laughs> That's where they go. <laughs> Skinwalking Ranch. Duchesne, Utah. Or Ely, Nevada. Yeah, so what I've learned from these stories is don't travel into remote places in Nevada. Don't go where science says no trespassing or deadly force will be used. Yeah. That's a good indicator. Not to Sounds go like if you don't want to get attacked by aliens, don't go to remote places anywhere. Actually, all the stories we've talked about, Travis Walt and Betty Barney Hill, these two stories, they're all in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so true. stay within city limits and you will not be... Or go in the middle of the day, not... Late at night or early in the morning. Travis Walton was no in the, one else. Travis Walton was in the daytime, wasn't it? Um, in the movie, it was nighttime, so I don't remember. They just got off work, so it wasn't like. Oh late. yeah, they were loggers, but they were pro- but they were in a remote area. It's later. all at night. Don't go to remote places at night. Yeah, it wasn't after work. The freaks come out at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we call that an episode, folks? Yeah, this was a, this was interesting stories. Yeah, it was these these are pretty wild. It's pretty nuts that I don't know just. This has been covered up for so long, and then it's just finally coming out. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's not part of the it's plan. A slow burn, huh? Slow burn. Slow burn. I'm just releasing I like, I like where you're going with right, that. So, I like where you're going so with that. So, Beaker, then, you've, you've kind of been. That's um, how I would do it. But So, you've been always been like, I don't know how to say it. Like, what was your. Skeptical. Your, your skeptical of UFOs. We've done a few. No, so, UFOs, I believe in. UFOs, I believe in, because simply okay, unidentified flying objects. Talking extraterrestrial. So, I'm skeptical of ET. Stuff. The Nordics, like I said, I've always I've believed in the Nordics. They seem the most reasonable uh, or realistic to me because we we'll have to do an episode on that because I'm not even aware of it. Like I've I've heard you mention it. I know of it. I don't know what it is though. Okay, we can do that. But the Nordics, I mean, and the fact that he actually mentioned that the Nordics, the government acknowledged them at least in 1985 that the Nordics exist. I think they still acknowledge it. Um, obviously, I would assume so as well. But <laughs> the fact that the, like the government is like, yep, the Nordics is a thing, or the Arkeloids, or whatever they call them. But um, yeah, no, that just makes me want to believe more. Research, uh-huh. do more research. And like I said, the the episode that um, I watched on the UFO witness, it had me really intrigued. So I'm starting to open up more to. To uh, aliens and extra Okay, that was my question. All right. Okay. Interesting. We're going to look and hook you in. I actually had someone at work yesterday. The, the, they've brought in this guy that helps with the new hires uh, and helps with training and stuff like that. He's an alien. He's an alien. <laughs> so he actually has a question that he asks uh, the new hires. Okay. And so I, I want to get your guys' responses too, and I'll tell you what, what I told him. All right. So between uh, ghosts... Uh, cryptids and aliens, what would you most ghost, like to... cryptid, and aliens. Yes, okay. ghost, cryptids, and aliens. Which of those three would you like to believe actually exist? What I want to believe? Yeah. Like, or what so, do I think? Uh, what would you want to what believe exists? What would I exist? want to believe exists? My first response was, well, one of those are... Um, uh, yeah, something like, which one do you believe in? basically believe in? Okay. Um, I believe was the question. And my first response was, well, only one of those three are real. Which I said ghost, uh-huh. but um, and then the the follow up question is, what one would you least likely want to come in contact with? So, which one uh, do you want to believe exists? Okay, is the first question, and then the follow up question is, which one would you least likely want to, or which one would you want to come in contact with the least? Cryptids and cryptids. I I don't want to come in contact with cryptids. Yeah, I, that's what I don't want to come in contact with. 
So I actually said the same thing you did. Uh, um, high five. High five. <laughs> yeah, cryptids and cryptids. Because I'm like, I want to believe cryptids exist, but at the same time, I don't want to come in contact with the cryptid. I'm like, aliens, I kind of, I was telling him, I'm like, I kind of believe in aliens. And I told him again about the Nordics. I'm like, so I kind of believe aliens already exist. I'm cryptids and cryptids because I do think aliens and ghosts exist. Yes. Uh, That's kind of where I'm at. And then cryptids, if they do exist, they're the ones I don't want to come in contact with. They're the most dangerous. Most of the stories, the the reason why I said the most of the stories when it comes to aliens. Imagine his finger banged at the most. (laughs) That's the worst (laughs) scenario. Right. It's just they're 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 kind of observing and examining and, uh-huh. and, and experimenting and testing. They're not really things don't go in there. Things, yes, don't, <laughs> ooh, don't go that way. Um, but they you don't hear all these stories about people like being killed by aliens, right? Being attacked by aliens. But when you come to except for George, except for George, except yeah, for George that story that's, <laughs> that's just, one. It's a one one out of like millions of stories. But cryptids, like, let's be honest. Would you want to run into an actual Sasquatch? No, no. Would you want to run into like Chupacabra? Never. Like Dogman, Wolfman. Nope. Pass. Um, Wendigo. Any of that stuff. No. Would you? Would you want to run into any of this? No, because they're like most of them are savage animals. Yes. Right. Know what so. you do? They're cryptids. They want to stay secret, right? Yeah. You go, I'm Facebook living this shit. <laughs> Facebook living this. And then gone. And then they out. They're not even there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you fight a cryptid. So there you have it. Our answers: <laughs> cryptids and cryptids. Yes, agreed. All right, folks. What 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 would you guys say? Yeah, what would you what say? What would you say? What would you believe in the want to believe in the most, and what would you want to avoid? We'll post this question. I want to hear your guys' answers. I, I think it's a good it. question. I think it's a great question. It is. All right, guys. but only an alien would ask that. Just saying, but only an alien would <laughs> want to know these questions. All right, guys, go see. Don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. Aliens, man. That's weird, wild stuff. This is the EVP podcast. <laughs>